What makes a great cycling event successful? And why are we more interested than ever in riding further than ever before? Today we meet the man behind Majorca 312, one of the biggest one-day rides on the planet. Welcome Cisco Yateras to Bobby and Jens. Okay, everyone, welcome Cisco Literas to Bobby and Jens. Hello, how are you? Great, man. I tell you, I met you just a couple of weeks ago and really enjoyed your event, but I knew there, we had a lot of people that when they found out that I went over and did it, they were just like, you've got to bring this up on the podcast. We got to hear about that. Um, first of all, I hope that you're recovered from all the efforts that you and your team put forth because, um, what, this was the 13th year and I know it gets a little bit easier, but, um, yeah. How are you feeling since, uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago when, when the event finished, are you recovered? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, yes, physically, uh, because it's, it's also tough physically. Uh, I, I walked that week an average of, uh, 20, 25 kilometers, uh, every day. Uh, just uh, around the village, talking with the teams, and and uh, uh, just setting up uh, the the event and the and the event village. Uh, but uh, mentally, is is a little bit longer. Uh, you when you finish, you are you are tired. Uh, there are still a lot of things to do. Uh, uh, unfortunately, the event is not over when the last participant arrives. There's a lot of things to do still. Uh, with the with the councils uh feedbacks from the police uh security some injuries uh, fortunately this year nothing nothing bad and not, not, we, we didn't have uh any bad brush but um there's are there are a lot of things uh, to do and yes now we will go for a long weekend we have two days off uh and and uh my team and i would, would could, could recover a little bit but mentally physically we are we are all right so when you mention uh, your team, uh, for our listeners, how big is your team that works for you all year long? And how big mm -hmm. of a team you have for this weekend? There's going to be some more people for the weekend, right? It's just that we get an idea yeah, about sure. the dimension of your adventure. Uh, we, are, we are now a seven, a seven uh, uh, people, uh, seven team people. We, we are employed for uh, the full year, full time working on this. Um, the logistics, on the sports direction, on the marketing and communication, uh, content and all the support that we need at the office. We are seven people. Uh, from there, uh, we increase the team from, let's say, February, beginning of February. Uh, we start to increase the team every week. We have uh, at least one or two members, new members on board. Uh, and then the week of the event, we are a, a core team of uh, between 60 and 70 people. But uh, the day of the event, including the security on the roads, uh, we have uh, 850 people working on the event. Jeez. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of people to take care of. Um, but listen, before we like get into the 312 event, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I understand that you were born on the island of Mallorca. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that you were... That you were a aspiring tennis player, mm -hmm. right? And then became a coach, which helped you get your degree in, in sports management. And next thing you know, I meet you by the side of a pool in, in Mallorca, but fill in the details a little bit there. Not, yeah, nothing special. Just the frustrated sports. Like I had a sport, man. I, 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 
I couldn't achieve my goal to be to be uh, a professional tennis player. Uh, it was clear at 14, 15 years old that I, I I'm not ready for this. I don't have the quality enough to to do it. I just I just had a lot of passion for the sport, especially for tennis. That helps me to to uh, at least help uh, earning some money uh, working as a tennis coach in in Barcelona. Uh, when I was uh, studying in the university, help at home to uh, with expenses of the of my studies, and and from there uh, I, I I came back and came back to Mallorca uh, with my degree, starting to to work in a in a sport complex in a very big and and uh, high quality sport complex uh, as a gym fitness club. Uh, and from there, I start to see that what uh, I liked the most, it was the management. Uh, I was involved from the beginning uh, in the sports direction of the, of the center. Uh, and then they offered me uh, a, another job in the marketing department. Uh, and I started to learn from there. And, and I started to see that, that, that I like that, that part of, of the sport management. Uh, and as soon as I touch, I worked in some sport event. I, I feel it, I really felt that that was my 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 career. I won my career on that. I, I touch uh, just from far away with a little role, uh, non-relevant role, but I, I was in the UCI cycling uh, track uh, world champs in Palma in 2007. Uh, and there, definitely, I said uh, I, I said I wanted to to be part of the events, sport event industry. Uh, and uh, from there, uh, I get some some inspiration to create uh, an event that this event at the end in 2010 was the Mallorca C12. And do you ride your bike for fitness or for relaxing? Or you just like the sport, but you do not participate? You do not ride bikes, you rather play tennis or play soccer or... I, I left tennis at uh, 22 years old. Since there, I played three or four times, and it was probably the most frustrating experience in my life. Uh, all my play, all my game, is based in a well, in a in a good uh, physical shape that I don't have now. Uh, and and for sure, I can't I can play tennis. Yes, tennis paddle uh, that is easier and is for older people. So so I, I still can play paddle, but not tennis. And yes, I ride my bike since uh, 2002, 2003, while I was still was at the university. I, I played tennis as a as a trainer, but as a coach. But but I I, I used to go with uh, with some friends that uh, are were triathletes to ride the bike. I didn't swim. I used to run a little bit, and I get in touch with the bikes there at uh, with 20, 21 years old. And and from there, uh, in 2007, when I get the inspiration, of course, I was on my bike, uh, and and uh, I did some kind of private events with my club, with my friends, previous to the 312. That it was uh, for me the, the the edition zero of the of the 312 in 2008 and 2009. Uh, we did the 312. That it is what it was originally the full lap to the island. Uh, with a car and a driver behind us with the sandwiches and things uh, and drinks and and uh, it was funny and from there after two years a lot of people from Mallorca uh, from another clubs asking uh, was were asking to come with us and that way I said okay this is the event that I want to to organize uh, at that time we found the event with with Miguel Alzamora who was uh, a former former track cyclist uh, world champion in Madison with Joan Llaneras. 
in in 2000 and I don't know one two in Adelaide uh, and he, he was no in 1997 sorry uh, and uh, he we we made a good team together and and we launched this this event in in 2010 uh, aiming for a relevant participation of 500 people and we didn't achieve to the 200 we were just 199 in the first edition but i never took part uh, in the 312 i have a lot of work that day uh now i have less work because i have a very good team very professional teams there are some details that i cannot i i don't want uh to delegate to my to my team like could be uh something to manage if we have a back crash or if we have some problem with uh one council or something like this this is something that is is too difficult and uh not very uh is is, is not something funny for for anyone so if somebody has to do it it has to be me but uh yes i'm still riding the bike i'm now in one of my strava says that now i'm in the one of my best moments in my career as a cyclist and uh i'm going to i'm going to italy next next thursday to uh and and on sunday i'm riding the the novecoli the gran fondo novecoli with with some friends uh and well i did all the preparation with my club uh, for the 312 i didn't write it but at least uh, i want to use this this moment of of uh, of the all the miles that i put on on winter to enjoy the bike and some event in in spring and we are going for this one for the Gamfondo Novecoli next uh, 21 sunday so cisco i believe it was 1996 when i went to majorca for the first time and i didn't know what to expect you know there were Decent sized hotels, obviously you're on an island, so you have beaches and whatnot. But has Mallorca always been a sports mecca, a cycling mecca, or is that just in the last uh, 20 or 30 years? This came in the last 20, I, I was at 15 years. Uh, uh, from the beginning of Mallorca, okay, okay Mallorca is it's a very nice island. Uh, it's it's very beautiful we have uh, a very important touristic industry uh, and uh, big hotels around the island uh, most of the population is living from the from this industry if it's not directly 100% are living are living indirectly from this industry and one of the goals of the community uh, 30 years ago uh, we, we we talked a lot about how to make the, se the season longer, the touristic season longer. Because here we saw the first tourist in beginning of June and we can close the hotels at uh, late September because they, are, they were coming just for the sun and St. Beach and enjoy the good weather. Uh, but we invest as a community a lot in, in search some other products like the cultural or the gastronomic tourism. Uh, uh, mice, but at the end, the only product able uh, to open hotel to generate occupation uh, and to to create uh, 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 to make possible this longer season uh, has been cycling. A little bit the triathlon, but we we tried uh, with a lot of products uh, linked to tourism, and the only one effective has been cycling. We are opening now the hotels in, in late February, beginning of March, 
we are op- we are closing now the hotels in a very important uh, number, uh, closing the hotels late October, beginning of November. Uh, there are tour operators on the island working with a lot of cyclists. Uh, there is just one that has 6,000 bikes to rent in the island. So the numbers are, are impressive. And there is now... Uh, um, Miguel Indurain came in the fifth uh, edition of the 312. And this call word, uh, the change uh, uh, in difference when, when, when he was professional, he discovered how the Mallorca changed and the industry changed. And he said, this is now like Disney World, but for cyclists. You have specialized shops, you have mechanics everywhere, you have hotels ready for you with the diets, with a place for, for with bike storage. You have everything ready for the cyclists. Even in the, in the, in the streets, you have the machines, like the Coke machines, but to buy a tire, you know? So, so it's everything ready to, 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 to receive the cyclists and to bring that the, the best experience. And for the moment, and I said for the moment, because it is something that uh, I'm worried about, but for the moment, the locals are pleased to welcome the, the cyclists on the island. And uh, I have rode my bike in other countries, but in Mallorca, I have seen uh, this, the, the driver more respectful to the cyclists because they are used to. And if they aren't cyclists, at least their son, their father, or their neighbor are cyclists. And that's, that's nice, and you can feel it when you are in the road. From me as a German, what I know, I feel like half of the German retired population, people of 60, 70 years, they spent the entire winter on Mallorca. They got their money transfers for their pension to Mallorca and spent, <laughs> because it's nice and warm and mild on Mallorca Island, But back to cycling, I can only agree. Um, I went to a training camp on Mallorca Island with my amateur team. That is 30 years ago. And it was it's still mm-hmm. different. Now the roads are bigger, better. And what you said, the drivers, the car drivers are much more respectful, right? I think also part of that mm-hmm. is the general cyclist is aware of the environment. He is not a typical German or British tourist that drinks in El Arenal and then, you know, falls asleep on the side of the road. The normal cyclist is a friendly, educated person. So I think that helps to be friendly and accept um, the cyclist there, I, I believe. Um, at, at your event, what nations did you have there? Do you, you aware of that? Uh, how many different nations and which nations sent the largest number? Uh, we have, uh, let's say, three big groups. Okay, uh, we have uh, two big groups uh, with the different nationalities that are uh, the Brits with uh, approximately a thirty-two percent, and the Spanish with thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four percent. Okay, almost all the Spanish are locals from the Balearic Islands, Mallorca, Menorca, and Ibiza. We have not an important number of people coming from. Uh, the mainland of Spain, okay? But between Spain and and UK, we have already 66% of the participants, two of each three. Then we have uh, more than 60 nationalities th- this year. Uh, but obviously the third is, is Germany with a 15%. And then there is a group of five uh, nations that are, that are very important for us, like Ireland, uh, Um, Sweden, Norway, 
Belgium and Netherlands. Uh, these are the the and yeah and Denmark. So so these are the nations that that uh, are more important in number of, of participants. And recently, we have seen a little a little non important role of, of participants coming from the Canada and the US. Uh, it is it is nice to see how how these numbers are increasing. Uh, and then also for South America, uh, something's happening in Colombia, in, in, in Puerto Rico, Guatemala, it's coming uh, groups from there, that is that is nice. But it's people coming from around the world, we have people from Australia, from New Zealand, from South Africa, but uh, as I said, the, 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 the big three are the locals, that for us are really important, because it's the people who make us know that we are welcome in our country, in our, in our city, in our, in our region then the Brits, and then uh, the, the Germans. They are the, the top three uh, nationalities. Well, I'll be brutally honest with you. Um, this was the 13th year that you've had this. And I only heard about it, I think, two, maybe three years ago when Phil Sutherland, the CEO of Super Sapiens, uh, went over and, and did it. But I remember Sean Yates back in that 95-96 training camp mentioning that on one of the last days of camp, he would ride mm-hmm. around the island. And I said, oh my gosh, how long is that? And it was over 300 kilometers. Then when I was a race coach at Team Sky, uh, the last day or two, there was a couple of those classic guys that would go and do the lap of the island. And I always heard it was around 300 kilometers. And I'm like, you guys are nuts. Like, why do you need to ride 300 kilometers? But, you know, kind of cool to say that you rode around the island. So... Mallorca 312, why did you choose 312 kilometers for the longest? I mean, you have three different distances, right? You have the 167, the 225, and the 312. And um, it wasn't exactly a tour of the island. We stayed north. You know, we started on the northeast portion of the island, went along the coast, and then um, kind of flipped back on ourselves and did 312 kilometers. But why 312? Where did that come from? Why not 310? Why not 350? Why not like normal people, 160? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that was you where did right. that come that's from? A, that's exactly the distance for of the lap to the island, and it was what we did at the beginning. So the unofficial editions um, mm-hmm. in 1990, sorry, in, in 2008, 2009 with Mike Lop. And the first four editions uh, of the uh, five editions of the Mallorca 312 uh, were in in uh, with a open traffic, not closed road event, and doing the the whole lap to the island. That was the challenge originally. In 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 2015, uh, we were around 3,200 participants, and uh, uh, we try to increase you know, a little bit the number of participants for, for the next year, for 2016. And when when we realized that uh, easily we get five, uh, 400, 500 people, we stopped. We stopped. We didn't want to put too much. Uh, we didn't want, done, we didn't want uh, more people. And uh, from the national uh, government, the traffic regulation uh, and uh, and. Uh, and the police, the Guardia Civil, who the, the traffic police in Spain, uh, came to us and said, "Okay, why, why if we do a trial uh, with you and we try to do a closed road event, 
and we say this, this boot puts us at the same level than Letap de Tour or Matonadel Solomitsk, that for us are examples and and models that we, we love it, how they are working. And first of all, we had to solve the, 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 that we can not close the traffic in the city of Palma, in the airport. Uh, so it was impossible to keep the route uh, with the lap to the island. So uh, it's when we have to reinvent ourselves. The brand Mallorca 312 was already there. Uh, there are some things that we, we, we didn't want to, to lose, like the, the, the Tramontana Mountains, uh, the, the landscapes, uh, uh, Arta, that is our town, and is where there are big, big party before the, the arrival. Uh, and we found, uh, with the same number of kilometers, we found uh, a really nice route that, of course, uh, it's, it's clear it lost some uh, romantic touch, if you can say it like this. But wins and security and uh, upgrade, upgraded the event to, to another level. And what are the percentages of, of participants um, in the different distances? How many people do the entire long one? Uh, this is a good question. Do you want me to answer that for you? I, I actually did my research. All righty, go. I have that yes, go. If you want me to. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's me, Enzi. Um, so I know you've been busy. You haven't looked at it, but I actually went back through all the results. And from the 167-kilometer event, women had 560 entrants, and that was won by Ananoa moreno Olaski from Spain in five hours and 13 minutes. The men had 2,900 people in the 167, one in a time of 4.42.56 from Sergio Lul Ruiz from Spain. The 225 women had two, uh, plus or minus 250 entrants, one in a time of eight hours, 20 minutes and 37 seconds by Belgian Marie Lapoutre. The men... 2,250 entrants, one in a time of 537 from Miguel. Um, I'm Miguel Armigal Goose Garafe from Spain. And then in the big one, which is the one that I did, uh, the women had 70, one in a time of 13 hours and 13 minutes and nine seconds from Lucia Lorenzi from Spain. The men had 1,550 entrants, one in a time of nine hours and five minutes, 53 seconds, Alejandro Martinez Martin, uh, Marin from, from Spain. And little old me, 78th place, 10 hours and 25 yeah, minutes top 100. and 36 seconds. That's not seconds. bad at all. So, so yeah, um, there were a lot of people on the road. And I have to say... I would trade security and closed circuit for the romantic loop around the lake having to dodge in and out of traffic with that many people. Because what I realized was Grand Fondos are Grand Fondos. This was a challenge. This was everybody there, regardless of the distance, took it very, very seriously. And to not have cars intervene into that situation is is fantastic. So hats off to you and your organization for making that little pivot because I think that, uh, I mean, 
goodness sake, you guys sold out in 10 hours, 8,000 spots in 10 hours in 2023. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of people for anywhere, let alone an island with an airport. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty phenomenal numbers. Uh, great to see people taking different distances and knowing their limits. Um, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I remember when I was up on the podium at the, uh, at the, uh, opening, uh, on Friday and the interview lady asked me what, what was my plan? And I didn't know until that a, a few minutes before Contador and all of the other guests, Pedro Harillo, um, Yoseba Boloki, um, Ivan Basso, uh, who else did we have there? Uh, Sean Kelly. I talked to him a lot. Um, they all said, Oh, I'm doing this distance or that distance. I said, wait a second. I thought there was only one <laughs> distance, my Orca 312. So I had it in my head that regardless I'm doing the 312, but on the podium, you know, Sean Kelly's just like, Hey, 167 is plenty, you know, like I don't need to do more than that. So it got into my head. But then I'm like, no, I didn't fly all the way over from America to just punk out and do the shorter one. Like, I, I need to challenge myself. And the the camaraderie and the the roads, the friendliness of the people, um, the aid stations, everything just took all those excuses away. But I must say, Cisco when there was that little left-hand turn that said 167 goes left, 225, 312 goes right. That was that was a, well, Sean Kelly's doing it. Well, Yvonne Basso's doing it. Why, why, why do I have to do it? But there was something that I just automatically turned right. And then the same thing when you get to the 225 and the, the 312. But it was, it, was, it was so cool to be around people that obviously knew a little bit more about the event than I did. And we all just had a, a great time, regardless of how fast or how slow we went. It was more about the participation and not the pace and just finishing that, that personal challenge. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, let me say two things. There are, there are one difference between you and the other guys that you mentioned, as Ivan Basso, Pedro Rillo, Jose Babeloki. All day, all day, at least once, did the 312. And they think that the 312 is, is, is a challenge that uh, it had to be experienced but but oneself uh, at least one time one time in your life uh next year if you come uh, that I would love that you come you you, you can decide you, you you will decide and you know what what you are facing at the, at the start and you will decide if you want to go longer if you want to go shorter if you want to enjoy the day and let's see because one of the advantage of our event is that you can choose in the cross you have not to register to one event. All participants register to the Mallorca 312 and the day on the event can take the shortcut if they don't think they feel able to, to finish. Uh, and the other thing that you mentioned, and for me, is I have a theory for this, and I think for this, and I think that after a long, after a long time, I think that it's, it's, it's sure that something, this event has something special in the atmosphere that is not provided by, by the organizers. We are not as good. Uh, it's made by all the participants. That it, this, this friendship, this atmosphere. Uh, and all, uh, every, everybody arrives and, uh, and see the 312 uh, like, a, like a party of, of, of cycling, like a cycling party. 
uh, and this friendship between the participants, and I think it's because of the distance. Uh, all they are facing a distance, a long distance, and I think we don't see the other uh, cyclists behind, like a, like a, uh, an opponent, uh, like something like, like someone to beat. It's 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 not like this. We are sharing the challenge, and we are together going to beat the three one the three hundred kilometers. And I think that that the, the, that's the reason to to this special atmosphere that every participant mentioned that when you arrive to pick to to collect your number when you visit the the village and the sponsor stands and you you are you are watching the concert because we, because we have live music uh, to spend the full day on the village, but there are, there is a, a special atmosphere. But I, th I think this is provided by the participants and this is because of the of the long distance. That's supposed a challenge for everyone. We'll be back after this short break. Now back to our chat with Cisco. And so to make an event like that happen, you must have support. Is it the local communities, the city you cross through on the, the, on the course? Do you have sponsors? How do you make all this happen? With a, now with a professional organization, but it has not always been like this. I worked as a teacher, as a physical education teacher till 2017. Uh, and uh, uh, we did uh, six editions without any worker, any professional worker, uh, just with volunteers and working a lot on the weekends and in the afternoons and night times. Uh, but yes, that in 2016, we could hire two employees I can leave my job. I can left my job in 2017 to join the company, and from there uh, we could uh, develop uh, the project as as, as a professionals. Uh, yes, of course, we have the local support of the of the administration, the, the tourist board of Balearic Island, and the tourist board of Mallorca is supporting us, uh, and especially the 28 councils with, that we are going through are supporting us. Uh, it has. Obviously, when we went to close road event, it, it was really tough to make understand the people what we pretend to do and why we are doing and what we are providing to the community and which are the inconvenience that there is an inconvenient, of course. But uh, I had to say that at this point, uh, we felt and we are feel we feel really, really welcome in each in each council that we go through. Of course, that we do a lot of efforts. Uh, we deliver door by door 80,000 flyers with the information of the road closure. We have a team of four workers during two weeks, uh, like in a phone desk, uh, receiving calls and informating, information, uh, giving information to the to the community about the routes, how the routes uh, will work that day, and the alternative routes that they can take to go to 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 their to the things that they have to do. We, we even said alternative we, we even sent alternative routes through WhatsApp to the people who's asking it. Um, we organize uh, uh, shows with clown with music for kids to the three or four towns four towns that we uh, isolate for a couple of hours during that morning. We are doing a lot of things for the community to show ourselves close to them because we are not uh, uh, foreigner company that are arrived that is arriving here, closing the roads uh, uh, and making inconvenience, providing inconvenience to the people and going out with the money. We are not doing that. We are locals. 
I want to go. I, I'm going to that to that uh, councils the whole year to visit them, to enjoy them, and and uh, of course that we we are doing our best to to feel welcome. But uh, at the end, we are feeling like it, like ladies, and they are helping us a lot. I want to go back a little bit because I, I've been around a lot of bike races. My father put on some bike races and running races in my hometown of Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Since moving here to Greenville, I've done a lot of the Hincapie mm-hmm. Grand Fondos ran by George and Rich Hincapie. And when I met you on Wednesday, showed up in Majorca without my bags, um, met you for the first time. And when you walked away, I asked, you know, who was that? Oh, that's, that's the boss. I'm like, gosh, it's like two, three days out from the event. He seems so relaxed. Then I saw you again at Friday and you were so relaxed. I was blown away. And somebody else sitting next to us or standing next to us said the same thing. And I loved what you said. And you said, yes, I am relaxed because I have a good team. Um, I loved that response because you could have been like freaking out and, you know, nervous energy and whatnot, but you weren't. And you kind of gave that energy to everyone. But what does it mean? How do you put such a good team together? What does a good team mean to you? And what is the technique to build it? Uh, I don't know uh, if I, if, if this is, this is very, very complex, but uh, something happened after the pandemic with my point, with my vision about how, how to build that up a team. I previously I have I had gone to other companies or organ, sport organizers. I, I was looking to I was looking to people who who were had similar experience like this. Uh, let's say senior managers. And after the pandemic, I realized that I I really felt some passion on the team. And from there, I had uh, two or three uh, junior workers, very passionate. Cyclists, all of them, cyclists, all of them, that they could have more responsibility. And I build the team around them. Uh, young people, very passionate, who feels the project like uh, something more than a job. And all the people who's working with me, the seven who are there, who are, there are feeling the projects on top, like something essential in their lives. And they want that this uh, is successful. And they want to provide the best, the best experience to, to, to the our our participants from their point, from the sports direction, from the uh, village experience, for the communication and marketing. So, so everyone from their job, from their desk, is trying to provide the best, the best experience to the participant. Me and Miguel, uh, the the other founder that is still involved in the in the company, supporting us uh, in the technical direction, in the sport direction. Uh, me and Miguel knows better than anyone how how is the event organized inside and how, how what needs the event in the in, in every point. So we are there to support our team, and our team with this information knows perfectly how to organize the process. Uh, I am so relaxed that they, the previous days to the event because uh, from let's say one month previous to the event, my work is done as a CEO. I don't have to negotiate with anybody. I don't have any any uh, anything pending with an important supplier or with an important sponsor. Everything is done 
So from beginning of April, my role is to help my team when there is a problem. And if my team doesn't need me, like probably it was when you when we met on on Wednesday, is is that everything is going is going fine, and I can stay relaxed. And my my role during the event is to solve to help my team to solve some problems if if happen. So now, when you say um, your your job is more or less done one month before, that of course I have to ask now: When does your job start? Like in 10 days from now, or I mean, it's gotta be a long process, right? To get an event organized for 8,000 participants. Uh, James, I had three meetings to this morning and Alre I already? realized- Already? Oh no, wow. This morning I had three meetings organizing. I had one problem to solve. I had one improvement proposal in one feeding point and I met the, the person who has to make a tool uh, uh, for the water distribution in one feeding point. Then I had two meetings more with uh, the registration platform with uh, uh, and with uh, a potential new sponsor. And all three meetings were for uh, uh, have been for for the next year already. Of course, that we are we are of wow. course that we are at the same time uh, organizing the reporting meetings and uh, the budget closing for for this uh, last uh, event. But we are already working for the next one. It's it's, but it's, we need this movement. It's 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 what is our passion, and we need to to see where we can improve, where we can provide another experience, uh, or if something is successful, how we can extend it to other parts of the event. So so yes, for sure, we are already working on the next one. You know, not too long ago, a big challenge in the U.S. was to do a century ride, like a really? hundred miles. Um, that's kind of easy peasy nowadays. More and more people are getting involved with these ultra endurance events. What do, what do you think the people are drawn to in these longer events? Well, well I think that is the, 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 the challenge to memory. And uh, you can see in our event, uh, the night, the night after the event, that everybody's wearing the medal in the restaurant. You go around, and, and everybody wants to show that he's a finisher. Everybody wants to be a finisher and and to have this experience. But also because they want to tell them to, to tell them friends that they they were able to finish an Ironman, uh, or that there are other events that even they have a special watch uh, personalized uh, that you can buy if you are really a finisher. So so. Uh, it's 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 the finisher life, the finish the finisher experience. Uh, of course, that um, there are events that, uh, in my opinion, went too far away in distances. In in in, it has to be a, a one day challenge, in my opinion, not a three or four days self supported. These kind of races are 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 more difficult, but. Yes, that uh, I think that the people is looking to beat themselves, uh, and when you have done three marathons, what's next? A fourth, or let's go for a double marathon for a trail running. I don't know. I never experienced in my life. I I I'm facing a two hundred k ride in the Grand Fondo next week. Uh, I, I can't imagine doing, doing more than this for the moment, but, uh, but, uh, yes, I, 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 I feel now the pressure. I don't know if I will do it. 
my friends asking how how is going with the last trainings. And you feel that that something, especially if if it was if it was for a one hundred k, I I don't I wouldn't feel that because I know that I will I I will go for it. I will do it faster or or not, but but I will do hundred one hundred k. I'm doing it uh, once a week in my train my low training. Uh, people is looking for something special, I think. Something memorable, probably. And so now that you had 8,000 participants, where do you want your event to go? Where you see it going? Would you say, keep it at 8,000, or we cut it at 10, or we want to go to 20,000 in 10 years? No, uh, we are 8,000 since uh, 2017. Uh, and we decided not to grow more. Uh, in 2017, we had some problems in some fit stations. In 2018, uh, we have some problems in the start line. In 2018, it was good. Let's say it was good. 2020, uh, we cancelled. 21, it was lower because the COVID restrictions. We had just 4,500 participants. In in 2022. Uh, for me, it was the best edition. It was everything going well, uh, almost perfect. Uh, if we increase the number of participants, we will find the next weakness, the next, the next problem, uh, and why we have to grow up more. The event is good like this. The sponsors are happy. The organizers and uh, the team, it's 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 happy. Uh, the community is supporting us. Uh, I think that Mallorca C12 is where we wanted to have it. And now our challenge is to maintain the event like this and improve the experience of the participants because I think uh, I'm convinced that we still have uh, space to to improve the, the, the experience of our participants with more things, more activities, uh, a better experience in the collecting, in the big collection, a better experience in the feeding points. So uh, we are working to, 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 to develop and to improve uh, the, our 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 service to our participants, but not to improve the, the, the not to increase the number of participants. There is a debate also in Mallorca about uh, how how mm, crowded we want to be as a, as an island, and uh, it's it's part of the debate. Uh, I think that this the a part of the of the success is is to know when when you are mature and when you have to maintain. And in terms of number of participation, we want to keep it like this. We want to keep it like this. Very, very smart. But Yenzi, listen, when you retired, you kind of kept training, kept doing some of these endurance events. I mean, you did the Everstein thing that took you forever because you did it on an 80 meter berg in Berlin, like in January and went through like five pairs of brake pads and, and whatnot. I, I honestly thought you were crazy ever riding your bike over 100K ever again. But I have to say, after doing this one, I, I want to put a crew of guys together. I've already mentioned it to George Hincapie and Christian Vanneveld. What do you say, Yenzi? Next year, 312, we train a little bit for it. We, you know, learn how to fuel and pace a little bit better. Or, you know, does this pique your interest at all? Absolutely, but only if we stick together. If we don't race each other, but we stick together as a crew, oh. that would be so cool. And just like Cisco said, I think it is the experience and the desire to challenge yourself. And I believe, Bobby, you felt immensely proud and happy when you crossed the line and went, yes, I did it. 
I overcome all obstacles and I did really fulfill this challenge, right? Let's just say I learned, I had many conversations with myself um, over those 312 kilometers. And I really became aware of the power of thought, right? When I come to that 167, if I thought about it too long, I would have gone left at 167. But like I said, no, I came here to do this. When I started cramping with 60K to go, because I was not trained for this sort of thing, even though I fueled right and paced right and hydrated right. Um, but there was something that was like, no, this is a thing now. People are doing this. I want to feel it. I want to suffer if I have to. I need to pull over to the side of the road and stretch and take a nap. I'll do that. Um, but when I crossed the finish line, it was like, I just want to get off this bicycle. But it wasn't until maybe an hour, an hour and a half later when I went to go meet my buddy Greg and his friends for, for food. And there were still people coming in. And it was two, three hours after I finished. It was like dark. And they were finishing and yelling and screaming and just so excited to have done it that I was just like, gosh, you know, I love riding my bike and I used to do it for a living. But this, this is something different. And you're absolutely right, Jens. I think the key to me finishing the event was I had a pacing plan and a fueling plan. If I would have been there messing around, doing little sprints, a little fartlek with you guys, you know, we would have pushed it too hard and then 100K to go, you're, you're out of gas. So I will promise you that I will not attack you, but I need you to say that right now on our podcast, that no matter how, because Cisco, Jens is still uber competitive, right? Like if, if I say slow down, that's above our pacing schedule. You can't, you have to listen to me. I will. Can you Since that? you, um, younger than me actually, but you're still a coach. So you're smart. Yes. I'm, I'm so two months but, younger than you. So but, but, don't but, use that as an excuse. But you're smarter than me when it comes to training and coaching and fueling. So yes, I will absolutely listen to every word you say. Yes, boss. I'm in. Okay. Okay. I mean, you got to check the ego at the door, man. These guys do not mess around. And on that first climb, I was riding next to a guy and he asked to take a selfie. And I said, well, you better take that selfie quick because I'm not staying much more than 25 meters in this group. And he pulled out his phone, he took the camera and he like turns back around and I'm already 50 meters behind him. Yeah. And I said, I'm, I'm serious, you know? And he's just like, oh, it was nice meeting you. I was like, okay, have fun. Yeah. But um, hey, Cisco, one last thing. I saw a, sh a t-shirt when I was walking around your village and it said, bike people are my people. And I couldn't agree more. So Cisco, Thank you so much for being one of those bike people and for exposing myself and so many other people to this beautiful event. I wish you and your team the best moving forward. And honestly, now that I know that you're, you know, not quite over the, the, the race and you're already having these meetings, I thank you for coming on this late on to our podcast, Bobby and Jens. Thank you very much. It's, it, it's my pleasure. Uh, I said that, uh, in the in the official presentation, I said that me and my team are just putting some pieces in the right place, and then we are all all the all the participants, all all the people who's attending the event. Uh, we are all the, making it uh, possible and making this together. 
So, so thank you. It would be a real, a real pleasure to, to host you next year. If you are able to, 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 to come to Mallorca with, with this amazing group, uh, because, uh, it would be uh, again, inspiring to, to have you there. And, and, uh, this kind of inspiration is the one who makes the, the event possible. So thank you very much. Well, that's all our time for this week. Huge thanks to Cisco for being our guest. Thank you all for listening. Please don't forget to give us a five-star review and make sure to share us with your friends. This show was a Value News production in association with Shocked Giraffe. The producer was Mark Payne and this episode was edited by Tim Mosa. Have you ever ridden 312 kilometers? Maybe further. Tell us what your longest ride was and why you did it. Let us know by messaging us on Twitter and Instagram at Bobby and Jens. <laughs>